Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrantz and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Don Wright to Bronson. I have with me Mr. Peter Mingles. Woohoo, I showed up. Woohoo! <laughs> and this is Tuesday, so we get to talk about stuff. Tuesday's our stuff. Tuesday's stuff. So I, of course, called Peter in my ever so prepared way about three minutes ago when we signed on and said, So what are we going to talk about? <laughs> I got it down. We got a whole topic. We got a to- we, we need do. is like. We're we're like the musician. That says, <laughs> name a song. Name a song. There we Pick go. Pick a song. Pick a song. There we go. <laughs> Give me a tune to start off with the first letter. All right. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today was um, in preparation for this. I was thinking about the Dash Radio Show, and we don't talk about it on every show, but a lot of people really don't know as we're kind of you know coming into now the finale of our fourth full month. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dash Network and all the really cool things that we've accomplished so far. So one of the things that I wanted to bring up was, you know, how we got here so far. So it started off as a, a concept of, hey, we have an interesting message, and there's lots of people with non-interesting messages or destructive messages out there. You know, you read the newspaper, you watch the news or anything else, and there's got to be a way to kind of balance that out and make a difference. So we picked a theme collectively of the Dash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was kind of a sentimental one for me specifically because I remember when I first read that piece of literature called something like the dash it started to talk about a date of birth on a tombstone and a date of death if you will or the end date and then the little dash represented everything in between and where it really hit kind of home for me was in reference to when my dad died a little bit over two years ago um and the concept of like when i said to ma you know like mom you know whatever you call your mom i said to ma you know can't we do something on that dash? Like, can't they do something different? Can't they make it a little bit longer, a little bit bigger, a little bit whatever? Something's got to represent something bigger because this doesn't represent everything that happened between the day my dad started and the day that, that my dad ended. And I didn't know a lot about, you know, I learned the stories about my dad when he was growing up through the stories that my dad said, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that that little dash represents. And, gosh, that really kind of stinks in that it's so small and that only a few people really know the big difference. So everybody's right now, I guess we're all creating our dash as long as we're still alive, like unless we lose some people on the show in a big way. (laughs) God forbid, Peter. God forbid. Could happen. Enough listeners going to happen one of these days. But... And then we we can't say listening to the show can't kill you. But for the most part... You really are a twisted guy sometimes, I gotta say. It's like, well, hey, let me, if, if you die during my show, then I can't say that, that anymore, so just don't call it. Like, if you die, just, just don't hold on until after the show. That's right. I've been telling people forever that listening to the show can't kill you. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, a, and anyway, so, so the reality, I just said, you know, that kind of stinks because there's a lot of music. And there's a lot of content in all the different people. And if there's one thing that I've learned by working with people is there's the surface and then there's the deeper stuff. 
the surface stuff is sometimes that we see. The surface stuff is sometimes that people build gossip around or just interesting stories. But there's so much deeper things in many of the wonderful people that are out there. And I have also learned that what might touch me might touch someone else. But what I might miss by a mile it could be the most meaningful thing that anyone ever heard. I mean, mm-hmm. life-changing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like... You know, the stuff that I might say, well, that just kind of flew over my head. Somebody else says, oh, my gosh, when I heard that, it changed my life. I remember that every day. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting concept that you kind mm-hmm. of just keep swinging at it. And it's this shotgun approach. And if you have a wide enough audience, different people gravitate towards different things. And that's So hold on. Before you go any further, i got to like, give a little antidote on that one. So there's this woman who lived down the street from me. when I was in the process of getting divorced from my kid's dad, which just for anybody out there listening is my oldest and dearest, not my oldest friend, but my dearest friend, um, he works on the dash. He's he's a producer for all of these great guests that you guys meet. His name's Jeff. And, you know, there is not just life after divorce, but there's true friendship and co-parenting and really good stuff that happens if two people can get past their personal stuff and go, you know what, we were really babies when we got married, but we decided to go ahead and, and we entered into a contract of till death do us part, so even if we're not married anymore, we're still going to do this. And it's actually been one of the best relationships and learned more from Jeff Wright than I've learned from pretty much most of the other relationships in my life. And so when him and I were splitting up, <clears throat> that was a really tough time for me, and there was a woman down the street, and she was like, she was really kind of... um really bright, sunshiny kind of a person. She had blonde hair, and she she was always very upbeat. And I don't remember her name. I think it was Lynn. Uh, It was an L name. And she says to me this one day that I had, uh, my smile is what drew her to me. And I smiled and I waved to her one day, and she was feeling kind of down that day. And we became friends. And that friendship was really important to me during a really difficult time in my life. And her and I were sitting out back having some tea and talking one day, and she says to me, never underestimate something so simple and insignificant as a smile or a wave to another human being. And, you know, we all hear this stuff and these little anecdotal stories. But what happened to her, this one day she was actually at the pharmacy picking up her medication that she was going home to commit suicide with. She was a depressive. She had this huge bottle of Xanax or whatever it would have been, and she was going home to take a fatal dose. But she knew she didn't have a fatal dose at home, so she went to go pick up a refill. Yeah, she was picking up a refill. And this gentleman behind her in the line with the bag in her hand, or, you know, when she was walking up to go pay for it, he said, excuse me, and he flipped her collar, which had turned inside under her suit jacket, underneath, and he flipped it out. And he said, sorry, that would have driven me nuts if nobody told me about it. And that one act of random kindness of another person taking just a moment to stop and help somebody over something that would seem completely inconsequential, but most people would think, you know, that's none of my business. Or most, some people would be snooty and think, oh, my goodness, how inappropriate. Or, you know, a guy might think she might smack me. Saved her life. It saved her life. So when you said that, it's like here I am 15, 20 years later remembering that story. 
And so <clears throat> make sure not only do you do you take the moment, but also remember to tell the story, you know? <laughs> remember to tell the story because like I think this is the first time that I'm repeating that story 20 years later, but wow. I mean, it saved her life just the turning out of a collar, you know? Right, Pretty so huge, the, right? The things you'll never know and absolutely the random act of kindness. So I, you know, so anyway, you know, jeez, oh, that's pretty deep. Yeah. But the scenario is, is that that's one of the reasons why we do this mm-hmm. because we don't know who might be listening, and we don't know who might be that person that needs their collar unturned in that random mm-hmm. act of kindness, and what it might actually do. You know, so that's one of the reasons. You know, I, I, a little bit of a tangent. My background was in sales and sales training, so I listened to a lot of people, and I remember one time. Brian Tracy, who's like, you know, the sales god in my mind relative to sales training, one time I heard him say, you can't control the sales, but you can control the activities that lead up to the sales. Now, as a sales trainer, I kind of rejected that initially. I said, what do you mean you can't control the sales? I could figure out a better way of approaching people. I could figure out a better way of maybe describing whatever I do. Maybe I could be better at helping people make a decision. Our sales guys sometimes use word closing. Maybe I could be better at that. And they said, you know what, I guess that's kind of right. I can't always control that because sometimes there's some variables, but I guess I can create the fishbowl environment for those things to happen. Mm-hmm. And I might not randomly be able to figure out, oh, it's that one in this house, or that one's going to be buying this specific product at that time because of all the variables, but I can control the fishbowl. So what I learned is that life is a little bit like the back end of a bowling alley. Now, that one takes a little bit of explanation. <laughs> if you- yeah, and, and I know some things that happen behind bowling alleys, Peter. Yeah, and I yeah not that one. All right, so let me do clarification. So just like the clarification of the back end of a bowling alley, I started to think about that one day relative to the systems that I would build and surround my life with. So um, if you ever looked at bowling, and most people have actually probably thrown a, bowl down, a ball down a bowling alley, um, if you really take a look at it, and, you know, there's ten pins, and they're designed in a certain way, and you say when the ball hits, you know, when you get a strike, did the bowling ball hit each one of those ten pins? And some people say, you know, I never thought about that. And I'd say, well, there's probably a lot of things you never thought about, but I did. <laughs> so, I, so That's one of my favorite expressions. They say, I never thought about that. I say, well, there's probably a lot of things that you never thought about, but I did about this. And um, I started to take a look and, you know, like almost instant replay of whatever you're imagining a strike would look like. And the ball hits like it has to hit the main pin almost all the time. And then it kind of like gets deflected this way, and one of the pins bounces off this one, and it bounces off that one, and through that positive chaos <laughs> will eventually knock off maybe most or all of those ten pins. But the floor counted, right, because you couldn't take away the floor. The side wall counted. You couldn't take away the side wall. So did the roof. So did the back end of the bowling alley, and so did everything else. It all kind of worked. So what I learned for myself was life was sometimes by design. I could actually predict it, you know, like kind of calculate it, like threading the needle. And then sometimes life was by positive chaos based on that back end of that bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Well, the dash, I think, encompasses both. We can give you the specific things, like the great speakers that we've had, and then also we can create that environment so your mind or anything else that might be going on in your mind can probably do something else with it. And that, I think, is our greatest gift to people that want to listen. 
and for those people that are jumping in and doing the stuff that we're doing with the radio, the rest of the radio show as far as the other stations and the expansion and everything else, I think that's what adds stuff to our lives. So when we're done at the end of the day, as we're looking up and maybe, you know, life is fading from our eyes, we could say, was it worth it or not? And I always say, my impact positively on as many people as we possibly can will really determine my true value. So at least that's the way I feel. And I think the more people that are spreading the true value of growing and learning and helping and all those other types of things can really make a big difference on this spinning planet. And taking their own lives on and, oh. and, and owning their own power to create whatever it is that they dream. You know, and I know we have just one minute and I just want to piggyback on what you're saying because, and I'm sure that I will have a tangent to add after the commercial break, yes. but just to say that, you know, I am, you know, we, when we go through stuff, you know, and, and believe me, there isn't a life out there that isn't going through some stuff, okay? there. I mean, whether you're in the upswing or, or you're in backlash or you've got, you know, flames that are flying <laughs> everywhere, um, the scorched earth day, whatever it might be. I mean, everybody's got stuff. And, you know, this journey that we're all on is comprised of that stuff, and every bit of it makes us who we are. So if we can go ahead and and take a minute or an hour a day and we can talk about that stuff and we can share with each other how we get through it, we can talk about how we got to the other side, we can talk about how we live our life completely ignoring our limitations and completely focused on what we can do with the life that's been given to us. Um, and our guest yesterday, what an inspiration on that point to be made, you know. So let, let's come back and talk about that for a minute. Go ahead, Axel, spin us a commercial or two, will you? Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level, for email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. And we are back. This is Dawn. Peter's here, and we're talking about stuff, and um, important stuff, the important stuff, the stuff filling your dash. Um, it's funny. I just now sent my son, John, a um, a Facebook message. He went and, and shared that he's listening to 35 songs on Spotify, and I'm sure it's because he's driving um, or he's you know sitting somewhere in, in the midst of it all. He and his girlfriend went all the way to Oklahoma to witness the birth of her sister's child today. Wow. And you remember, Peter, the first time 
somebody that you were close with had a baby. You know, it's it's so huge. Um, I was remembering earlier when he told me, there he is, he's seven pounds, seven ounces, and I even through the texts I could hear the excitement. And the miracle of birth is absolutely like it's groundbreaking stuff. For those of you who have not experienced it, and if you're listening to this, you know, I'm not going to say go stalk a delivery room, but if you get an opportunity to be in a birthing room, it's the thing to do. It just hey, talk about a dash moment, right? Yep. You were at the birth of all your kids, right? I videotaped the birth to much of dismay of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I, imagine. I, I would have been like, "Get out of there, Peter!" I videotaped everyone. <laughs> I was almost, I was almost not invited to the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? She invited me? everybody else except for me. I was That's not funny. written in. I got I got lucky and I was pregnant with my son John and uh, a friend of mine who was in a terrible relationship with the father of her baby. I mean, literally, talk about a really hellish relationship. His wife left him because she was a lesbian, and she, the girl he was now with, that I went to the birth of their baby with, she was 18, he was 35. She was a Jehovah's Witness who was excommunicated by the church, and he was out cutting lumber, and I was in the birthing room. Wow. If that gives you, like, she had nobody, and all of a sudden, there I was. And it was one of the most miraculous moments of my life. So, you know, it's like, it's an amazing thing when we just step out of the way and we choose to go ahead and raise our hand and be there for another human being the gift that we get and the gift we can be to somebody else. You know, I've thought about her and that baby a million times. I don't know whatever happened to them, um, but I know that uh, he was ushered in and I said he should cut the cord because they handed me the scissors. <laughs> I said, wow. no, 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 he made it. So um, he cut the cord and I, I went on my way. But um, the birth of a baby, especially when you're not the one pushing out the baby, I have to say, um, way cooler uh, although it's really amazing to give life and to give birth to a child, um, that process is not one that I go, you know, I want to do it again. I, I just I just don't have that. Was your wife really good at being pregnant and giving no. birth? No. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> yeah, she might listen to the show, so let Wait, me Wait, you might want to think about that for a second before you was, answer. <laughs> yeah, well, she knows because I'll tell anybody that's willing to listen. But she was horrible. My wife. Put it this way. All right. I, 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 this is not it. This is the entertainment section for all those people listening in. I could have literally killed her, and uh-huh. the jury would have left me off. I mean, literally, it would have been justification. She was like Satan. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never met anything so mean in my life. That is oh my crazy. Gosh. You know, uh, I'll never forget this time. Jeff will tell the story, I'm sure. But we were we were sitting downstairs. Here we are, 21. Okay, 21. And we were we were married four months when I went to the doctor thinking I had the flu. <laughs> I didn't have the nerve to tell him that I was pregnant, wow. so I just hung the result on the refrigerator, figuring he'd get hungry eventually. <laughs> and and I um. I remember it was a blizzard outside, and I heard we had a puppy, and I heard her upstairs getting into something. We were playing video games, playing Nintendo. Back, this is Zelda, first Zelda. And I run up the stairs to go get the puppy, and by the time I came downstairs, I thought he should die. Jeff, 
I wanted him to die. I was so angry with him that I walked downstairs, I threw the puppy down, I told him I wanted a divorce, and I stormed out of the house in my socks in the middle of a of a blizzard. <laughs> And, and burst out into the into tears and said, "Oh no, I'm crazy!" <laughs> it's over. It, you just gotta know, Peter. It's worth being her oh, <laughs> than it is living with her. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. I'm telling you, like I could, we would have to change where this station is broadcast for me to tell you all the things. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You have to be adult only. Oh my, adult only. Yeah, no, you'd have to be adult only. You'd have to sign all kinds of permissions, NDAs across every level. I mean, oh my gosh! I was like, oh my gosh! I'm telling you, a jury would have let me out. I'm telling you, a wow. jury would have just said, "Wow." Yeah, it was it's something. been a while for me, so I'm just gonna say that I I was not that bad. Oh, oh my gosh! I was crazy, but I don't think I was that bad. I had to. If I came home without Reese's Pieces ice cream. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I had, I would drive 60 miles in one direction just to make sure I could bring home Reese's Pieces. I needed Baskin and Robbins pistachio almond. Oh, but, yeah. you know, by the time I was pregnant with my third, Jeff was singing the barumph, barumph song, and I didn't kill him. Uh-huh. So I think that I, I, I think I get points for that. Although, yeah. you know, that moment in time might just give all the reason for us, us having gotten divorced. Crazy stuff. Crazy you stuff. Can't Preg- sing the barump song at your pregnant wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Not Pregnancy, cool. yeah. When you talk about like defining moments and like mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. Any, I feel for anybody that's like in that. That's just a, such a whole emotional, spiritual, yeah. you know, form of pheromones and to do all these kinds of things flying through everybody's body. You're not responsible for anything that happens. And that you know, the thing that nobody tells anybody before. And I've made sure to really drive the point home with my kids. You're not getting a cute, sweet, wonderful little baby that you're just going to, oh, and it's going to be this, mmm. Because, yeah, you do, okay? And it smells so great, you're intoxicated and all that. But if this is a 20-plus year journey from the moment you get pregnant for the woman that your life is no longer you being the most important thing ever again, ever again. I don't know if it's ever, ever, ever again, because I haven't gotten to the part where it's actually my, I'm the most important thing still. And mine are 23 and, and, well, almost 23, almost 20 and almost 17. But, I mean, I don't really know that you ever just only think of you again, because then you get grandchildren. Yeah. I guess I guess it depends on the kind of person you are, but the kind yeah. of person that you are is a for it's a lifelong thing. It never changes. The same thing with mm-hmm. me. It, I remember when I was um, younger, people would ask me if I'd ever get married <clears throat> and if I'd ever have kids. And as with as much commitment as I would ever make, I'd say never on the marriage thing and never on the kids. And I would say it very convincingly because I really did believe it. And then after that, you know, guess who defines almost everything that I do? It's the marriage and the kids. So it's and like for people like not everybody's like that because not everybody's kind of built that way. But for those people that are shaking their head up and down, they know exactly what you're talking about. It's a mm-hmm. defining moment. Absolutely. It's a defining moment, and it adds to the chaos. So it adds to the chaos. You know, when you said something a little bit earlier, you know, like the poop hitting the fan and stuff like that happening. That happens with people that take chances. That happens with people that you know they live their life. They just don't kind of like 
live it with quiet isolation. They go out there and they try things and they experiment and they do stuff that works out and they take some chances. And to use the baseball analogy, you know, it's like when they try to steal second base and they keep their foot on first. You know, sometimes that stuff happens. And if it's not happening to somebody maybe listening in, you're either in that, you know, just that lull. Playing it safe. Or you might be playing it too safe. Mm-hmm. You might be playing it too safe. One of the most important things I ever said to one of my children was don't hold back. Mm-hmm. Don't hold back. I would watch perhaps as they were playing a musician instrument, and it would be like, you know you got greatness in you. Don't hold back. Just, like, let it fly. Like, there's no reason why you can't be good at this. Mm-hmm. You being good at this hurts no one. It hurts no one. You being able to pound on those instruments or blow through that horn or whatever. And there was something just that holds some people back. Well, the plea that we would have on this radio show in the dash is, man, fill that up. Fill that up. Mm-hmm. You know, take those chances. Don't. I know that sometimes people say, don't say don't hold back because it you hold on, you concentrate on the word hold back. Well, we all know what it means. Don't hold back. Let it loose. Just go for it. And even though not every day is going to be great, and sometimes you will have days where the poop hits the fan, and worse, it seems like sometimes, that's you living your life, man. What else? Why play it safe and keep your foot quietly on first base? You'll never get around to hit home run. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think it's... um. <clears throat> I, I think there was a movie, it, Holly Hunter was in it, and Queen Latifah, and it was called Living Out Loud. And I love that title because I think that's really what it's all about is living out loud, you know, living a life where people know you're there. You know, I I, I have a family member, he will not be named, um, who when I got back in the country and uh, Alex and I went to stay with him, we of course, instantly met the neighbors, and instantly we were laughing around the fire pit in the backyard, and people were coming over saying, hey, what are you having so much fun for? And we're inviting them over, and we're laughing with the neighbors. And and they they told me that they didn't know that anyone lived there. Okay? Now, granted, this person is a quiet person, and they work from home, and, they, you know, they, they do a very quiet, independent thing, and they work on a computer in their home, you know? So... You know, but I mean, we're talking about you know 150 feet between the walls of these houses. It wasn't, right. it, wasn't it wasn't a hall, you know. Like if, if nobody knew that I was here in the house that I'm in, um, I would be a little worried because that means nobody's seen me driving back and forth, you know, uh, a ways. But really, to not know somebody lives in the house next door <clears throat> is is something to me that I've never even fathomed. You know, like I know if somebody is is in the house next door. And I thought, you know, to live a life so silent that your neighbors don't know you exist is is too quiet, man. You know, if you're somebody who hasn't, you don't know your neighbors or you don't know the new neighbors, you know, go and make the effort and go say hi. I think, I think Peter, it's being a networker for so many years. I took the three-foot rule seriously throughout my life, you know. If somebody was in within three feet from me, then I, like said hi and i don't think that it was really it's it hasn't been about like bringing them on board a business in years for me it's like it just became who i was 
and I know that you're the same way. You know, so if somebody's super shy, and I know you're really good at this, so I'm going to, and I think that we're going to have to go to a commercial break, but what is the cure, Pete? Like, how, if somebody is terribly shy, how can we get them out of that box a little bit so that they start living their life with the volume increased a little bit and start meeting people? Um, That's an interesting point, so we'll focus on that, I guess, on the other side of this break. All right, Alex, give us a commercial. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to The Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the dash radio. And now, back to the show. And we are back, and Peter's going to give us a little bit of something on how to get to know people in your immediate surroundings. And this is all about living your life out loud and adding some things to your dash, a little spice to your dash. People, people. I mean, i got to tell you, sometimes I'm hiding under my desk going, I don't want to know any more people. But, there, you know, there are really important things that happen, and we learn so much, and we connect, and we love, and we hate, and we, 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 all of the things that really matter in life happen with people, right? That's it. They'll break your heart, or they'll make you super excited. I mean, the bottom line is the whole thing. So so let's go ahead and talk about how to meet some. You know, it was kind of interesting when you asked me that question, because um, I'm naturally kind of reserved by nature. I don't have to, to, you know, to be outspoken, to be at the front of the room, that sort of stuff. Um, some of the things that I've done maybe maybe put me there, but they don't have to be there for me. So I was kind of always a little bit on the reserved and quiet side. And then when I started with selling, I had no choice. Like, it's pretty hard to sell if the sales room in front of you doesn't say something. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know all right, so what are you here for, you know, so you have to start talking. And what I found was um, there was a couple of things relative to the people that I was talking to because it's hard to help someone make a decision unless you find out what's crawling around in their mind as well. And what I found was people themselves are both simple and complex. So the simple part is many times they just might be a little bit shy or they might be a little bit reserved. And many times they're like that way if they're not in a safe environment. I choose the word safe as a word that I picked up that was labeled by a gentleman who wrote a book called Ron McMillan or McMullen. So I always like to give people credit where credit is due, especially when they give me goodies that I can kind of use. So there's a gentleman named Ron McMullen who wrote a book called Crucial Conversations a long time ago, and he put a little label on a thing called safety. And I said, you know, that's right. That's what I've been kind of doing the whole the whole thing, making him feel comfortable, whatever. And you put like a little sticky label on it, so I want to give him credit. So safety is one thing. I find a lot of people just don't open up because they don't, they're a little bit shy because they're unsafe. So anything you can do to help them just feel more comfortable and safe with you is like super-duper important. 
many times people that are comfortable with the topic they know something about or a general interest or something that might be passionate for them is um, one of those things that can get them to start talking. And the more they talk, the looser they get. So that's always been like one key. Now, another thing for me, so this might sound selfish, but I hope it doesn't come across as such, is I really like to learn from everything. I always look for the lesson in everything. There's always a lesson somewhere. Uh, it's Whether it's the beauty of something, it could be a flower, it could be a word, it could be anything. It could be like going back to the gentleman who, who turned the collar on the gal who was inverted that made a big thing. I look at it as everything could be life-changing or a defining moment, so I like to learn from every experience. This is the selfish part because I get, a I get a chance to put them in my grab bag, my grab bag of experiences and knowledge that I might be able to use myself or maybe help someone else with. So I hope that doesn't sound selfish, but I'm always accumulating my own grab bag. So when I'm speaking <laughs> to someone, I'm, they, might be a, they might be very knowledgeable about something that I know nothing about. So when I hear them sing their passion, I learn about it from their, at their best. So I'll ask questions. Really, tell me more about that. And I'll mean it sincerely, not as a ploy. Some people use those questions like, well, tell me more, because they just heard it on a sales training tape. I was interested when I said, tell me more. And if it was kind of boring, I'd say, okay, to myself, well, that was kind of boring. There's got to be something good in here. I'm, I'm looking for the good stuff, so give me more. So I keep digging and digging and digging, and the further that I dug, the more they kind of got into it. And then it, there's the gem, there's the golden nugget, there's the whatever, and then that kind of sparks the relationship. So safety, if I wrap this up, safety was one thing that I developed. And then finding something that interested them, and then all of a sudden people are, this is where the people are simple. Once they get started and once you build that relationship and you don't breach it, a lot of people really can become very, very nice. Most people are really nice and super cool, and most of them, not all of them. I've met some people that are just pure evil, but there are some people, most of them, that you'll run across, like your neighbors and stuff like that, are probably some really cool people, but they're complex, and that complexity comes from every experience that they ever had that has nothing to do probably with you, but you kind of have to deal with it. So there's, you know, it's kind of both simple and, like I said, complex, but it usually starts by the more they talk, the looser they get. And if there's one thing that I think would be one of the things that I've learned by having to, you know, when, I'm, when you're selling stuff, you have to get the other pe person talking and you have to get them talking in a way that they can feel confident with you, I've been kind of forced to kind of get more experienced at that. So with practice comes um, that higher level of competence, if you will. So for mm -hmm. all those people that ever wondered, like, is it worth learning sales or talking to people or, like, network marketing, you focused, you said that a little bit earlier, but think of all the really great things that you learned that you wouldn't have learned if you weren't in network marketing. You learned all the different types of people that you work with, all the different social backgrounds that you work with. You learned about health and nutrition in ways that you probably would have never learned about health and nutrition. We know from, like, for instance, for me, I didn't, I didn't know anything about nutrition. If you would ask me, take vitamins, it would have been like, you know, take those Centrum vitamins, you know, the, the kind that you see like one a day or something like that. I wouldn't have anything known about absorption rates or difference in qualities or different things. I would have probably never known about that stuff because I wasn't growing up in that way. But it was network marketing and home-based businesses that actually educated me on stuff that, who knows, might make a difference and might actually help me live a little bit longer. I learned about taxes 
through network marketing and the advantages of home-based businesses. I've learned about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, sociopaths through network marketing. You know, I learned about uh, over-promotion through network marketing. I learned a lot about stuff through network marketing and home-based businesses that sincerely I don't think I would have learned if I was any other chosen specific profession because I think I would have been in that isolated bubble. So I don't know if I gave you some stuff to play off of, but that's what I've learned about speaking to people, the diversity of the people that we've spoken to, the relationships that we've developed, and I think ultimately has defined the person that I've become, you know, and, and still becoming as a result of this wonderful industry that we're in. So that's why it's all about the dash and fulfilling that passion. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, and I find it that, um, you know, the people who are really scared about meeting other people or who let that shyness get out in front of them and and, uh, and choke up their throat <clears throat> and do all the things that, uh, that, that, get, that, that get in the way for people, you know, that... It just takes that one time, you know, of reaching out and connecting with another human being and have it go successfully uh, that it ends up making all of the next times way, way easier. And I think that when people put all the pressure on themselves about doing the, I'm going to just talk to people about business, that that's what ends up getting in their way a lot because they're they, they're preconceiving and they're putting all of this pressure on what's going to happen in that relationship instead of just going for the relationship for the sake of relationship, you know, and uh, and and then if it ends up being the next logical step, you know, introducing the business to them. And I think that I, I know when people are approaching me and their only thought in their head is if they're going to get me into their business. I mean, I can smell that coming from a mile away, can't you? Yeah, and it doesn't feel good. It stinks. Yeah, it stinks. It's like, okay, what are you trying to sell me? Now, I don't mind if I am in a shop and I am said shop owner and somebody walks in with a suit on that is bringing something to me, you know, and it's business hours and I'm doing business. That's different. Um, it's different than feeling manipulated in, in a personal environment waiting for a loaf of bread in the bread line, you know, Um and uh but you know at the same time i love to hear about where they got their shoes you know so <laughs> women are different we like to network about all sorts of stuff when we find ourselves in line for cold cuts but um and i've i've actually ended up with some great business partners um in in the deli line so you know it's just a matter of really being able to go ahead and take that step and reach out and and build relationships with people because you just never know what that relationship is going to lead to and it might not even be that relationship that leads, you know, that that ends up being a great business relationship or an intimate personal relationship, but it could be three degrees of separation. It could be that person's next door neighbor's cousin's boss that ends up being somebody that you end up, you know, meeting at a picnic that ends up being either a great personal or, or business relationship for you. So just stay open to it and try to live out loud a little bit. I think that's the point, right? Yep, absolutely. And let it happen. So mm -hmm. there's a part of, there's a part of it that's by design, and there's a part of it that just kind of like happens because you create the environment for it to happen in. I'll kind of share with you one story. One of the most important people that I have ever worked with is one of my programmers. And if you say, "Wow, he's really good," and I say, "Absolutely, the guy's phenomenal, unbelievable, just unbelievable, like unbelievable genius relative to programming stuff." 
Um, and then you'd say, well, geez, you were really lucky that you got him. And the answer is, you know, I guess luck was really kind of it because it was, certainly wasn't by design. The way it happened was one of my other programmers <clears throat> had a son who was someone that if I met him, sincerely, I would have never hired him. So he worked for us to do some database work. My programmer says, hey, listen, I have a son that needs some work. Can you give him a job? And I said, okay, as long as he's doing the database stuff, and, of course, we had to trust him and stuff like that. So he was doing some stuff relative to database work. <clears throat> but I had never met him. But he'd never touched any of our customers, so as long as he did the work and we inspected what we expected and all that sort of stuff. But he wasn't the kind of person that I would ever let represent my company in public. And one day we needed something. We needed another programmer to have another specialty. And guess who got, for me, the best programmer I ever hired? The best programmer I ever hired came from someone that I would have never hired if I didn't have the relationship with my other programmer. So when you say, oh, you're really lucky you got him, I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I would have prejudged my way out of that possibility. So, you know, if you've ever hung around with me before, you know I love the movie Forrest Gump. Mm -hmm. So Forrest Gump is like my favoriteest movie because it has a lot of life experiences in it. And Forrest Gump's mom who was his, like, philosophizer, said, you know, life's sometimes like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. And she, she was very, like, both ways. Like, it's fate or it's luck, and then sometimes it's in the middle. And if you replay the movie Forrest Gump in your mind, when his mom was dying and she eventually passed, he said, maybe, Ma, it's not one or the other. It's a little bit of both. And mm -hmm. if it's a little bit of both, don't hold back. Play both. If mm -hmm. it's a little bit of both, play the one where you can calculate your destiny. Like, you'd say, this one was like a roadmap and a blueprint. I nailed it. Like, I, the term that I use sometimes, I thread the needle. I Like, mm -hmm. nobody on the planet could have ever done that except for you. And then the other one was, hey, I played the environment. I let it happen. I created the fishbowl. I did the back end of the bowling alley and these good things happen, and I couldn't have predicted it, but I was the one who created that party. So I think that's the way to really go about it, and that's why we do the stuff relative to what we do. And I love the uh, the assortment of guest speakers that we have because they deliver different messages to different niches. So eventually, if you kind of hang, hang around long enough, we'll cover everybody on the planet. So it's just, it's just really cool to be part of that, and i got to share with you, you know, I appreciate you, Dawn, and obviously the team that's putting this whole thing together and the things that everybody collectively does all the time to let that happen. It's, just what, it's what makes life all worthwhile, even in the chaos of whatever might be happening at any time. Because if you're going to live long enough and take some chances, as they say, trust me, it's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think it is about time. So let's go ahead and take our last commercial break, and we'll be right back with The Dash. Are you in a rut about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, 
click follow at the top of our show. Then hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And we are back with The Dash, and it's Dawn and Peter talking about stuff on a Tuesday. And, um, you know, this this whole show has been about, you know, what's what's important to us, you know. And, and really, this is the stuff that everybody, you know, when we go ahead and we get up in the morning and we go do whatever it is we do, we do that because of the life that we have or the life that we want, okay? It might not be necessarily the life that we have that we're all working for. We're, we're, doing, we're doing what we got to do to get through that so that we can go ahead and create something more than what we necessarily have right now. Um, I personally <clears throat> know that one of the keys to that for me is being in gratitude for every single thing that I've got and for an accepting responsibility for every single thing that I currently have. Because, you know, one of the things that I find, Pete, is that there's an awful lot of victim out there, you know. And, I mean, people, like, talking about the drama or stuck in the story or stuck in the sadness or stuck in the obstacles or stuck, period, just stuck. And the biggest resounding theme that I hear when I hear people that are stuck in that story or stuck in that sad space, or or frustration, or financial lack, or whatever their issue might be. And and you know, I'm not discounting people who get diagnosed with cancer, or who have a really tragic accident, or something befall them that have to not just you know because there's a lot of stuff, guys, that that happens that it's not just brush yourself off and you know pull pull your head out your butt, you know, get over it. It's stuff that. Absolutely, there is an an unquestionable process that must that we must go through as people to recover from some of life's uh, hiccups. <laughs> Call them hiccups, okay? Like we we've had some hiccups this past year, and hiccups, depending on what they are, what level of hiccup, whether it's physical or spiritual, or you know, a physical thing to your body, or it's something with your work, or it's um, a divorce or it's you know death death of a child god forbid some of these things like i think about the stuff that's happened to me and i can i think about things that have happened to other people this year and i would rather have the things that happened to me have happened to me you know but there are other people who need a little perspective because the stuff that's going on for them isn't isn't the really big stuff but they're really good at, at getting wrapped up in stuff you know um so one of the things that I think is super, super important is this this thing called personal responsibility of of actually looking at my life, me looking at my life and you looking at your life, and not just going ahead and and recognizing that this is it, you know, this is what I've got, this is what my life is, but recognizing that we created every bit of it. Because once we do that, and this is one of the things that empowered me most in all the personal development work that I ever did, was the realization that if I've created everything I have, even the stuff that I do not like, if I say this is the life that I have because of the things that I did, that I, step one, step two, step three, step four, brought myself to this place, 
okay? Then, like, even, let, let's just use, for example, my briefcase got stolen that had my laptop in it and it had all of my important papers for this huge meeting that I had tomorrow. Okay. They did this really cool, uh, Dan, I don't know if it was Dan Dorr or somebody else did this whole thing that, <clears throat> you know what, yeah, that's a victim story, something that got stolen. But somewhere along the line, I put that briefcase down. And if it was the most important thing and that it was going to absolutely be the make or break it in my life, in my business, or in my day, in any capacity, if it was that important to me, it wouldn't have left my side. I might have even had one of those little handcuffs to it, right? Uh-huh. So every single solitary thing, even the things that end up being a really major victim story, we somehow got ourselves there somehow, okay? And I'm not talking about... You were an actor in the movie. (laughs) That's right. And please, for those of you who are going, what about children who get raped? Yes, we're we're not talking about little kids, and we're not talking about things. We're talking about big girl, big girl, and big boy situations when we we had our big girl pants on and we went to work that day. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. And I think that you know, I I have this gift now because of doing the work of looking at my life and thanking, like thanking source, God, whoever wants to talk about whoever is responsible for the divine um, of it all. I'm grateful, and I'm grateful every single solitary day for every bit of it. And I think that, you know, that's where my dash gets all sorts of big and, and happy, you know, I just operate from that place. Even on the darkest days, I find the thing that I can be grateful for. Like, I had a really lousy day a couple of days ago. So you know what I did? I went downstairs and I got inside a litter of six puppies, and I laid down in this little bed that I have for them, and I let them crawl all over my face and lick me happy. (laughs) Because yep. who can be unhappy with a litter of six puppies? You can't if you if you're unhappy after one minute of that, then yeah. you have mental issues. Then you uh-huh. have real problems. Yeah, you sure have problems. That, that's right. I I told Alex I I need a litter of these at all times. We're going to get rid of these. I know right. we have to. I mean, inevitably, I'm going to keep one puppy. Jeff's keeping a puppy. Aaron's keeping a puppy. So three out of six are going to be here. You're going to rationalize. Um, However, I'm, those puppies never leave that house. I saw it coming. I saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I'm going to need a litter of puppies at all times. It's the best thing ever. I've never seen anything that can make me happy faster than those puppies. So I think that, you know, like, I mean, if I need a farm to house all of them, that that I should just open an animal shelter or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking about it, Pete, because I, yeah, I need puppies. Yep, got to like it. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and it's kind of neat how the mindset can change that quickly. Yes. It's kind of neat how your mindset can change that quickly. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah, cool stuff. And I knew the puppies <laughs> the puppies would be both a source of wonderful things for you. So that's, <laughs> that is really kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, you sent me a picture of those puppies. I'm like, oh, my gosh, never send me one of these things again. Because they are <laughs> you so, wanted one, didn't you? No, they're so cute. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. It took it took every bit of strength to say, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and I never shared that picture with anyone. I hate to say it, but it's like the Avon catalog that falls on my driveway. I have to throw it away before my wife sees it. 
Otherwise, yeah, well, the run to the litter is about to get a get a one way ticket to Florida. Oh gosh, yeah, I'm she's so, the yeah. cutest thing. We yeah. named her Boots, and she looks like she has like she's like a little dorky teenager with socks la, la, that are la, up la, too la, high. La, la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <clears throat> and she has this little blue speck on her iris of her eye. Wow. Really cute. Wow. Yeah. yeah she'd have yeah. my heart in a second. I am sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. She would. Oh, that's me. <laughs> that is Uncle Peter. She's coming. <laughs> yep. Oh gosh. So yes, and my daughter would. That would be it. It would be over. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. You know, no matter how crappy a day can be, you know, there's always something. So if 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 I'm talking to you right now, because I know I'm not talking to me, I'm having a really good day. You know, I'm I'm I actually I had a really kind of a, oh, and Peter heard from me. I was just like I'm in the middle of this. I got to be doing this. I can't I'm t- can't be distracted. I, blah, blah, blah. I was in that space. I walked. I I texted Alex. I said I need puppies, and I walked downstairs. And sure enough, I can just go and do that thing. And we all need to find that thing, whatever it is. And we need to really, it's like you got to surround yourself with it because in the day that we live in today, you know, like you're looking at what, where is the good news is the question. You know, you look around, if if you're looking out for world news events, you're looking for national news events, you go ahead and you browse around at just about anything, you know, it can really take you down, that negative, oh, you know. It's like people are struggling. People are struggling. And so... Everybody needs that thing that can go ahead and turn their world around in 20 seconds flat because it's just, in today's world, we all need that. So, you know, if it's puppies for you, go get a puppy. You know, if it's if it's kittens and you're not a dog person, go get a kitten. If If you don't, if you can't have that in your life, then go visit the animal shelter because, you know, volunteer once a week and go play with the animals that other people don't have, you know, that they can't have in their lives. Animals that need somebody to go ahead and snuggle them. You know, if it's babies for you, go volunteer at the nursery or at a local orphanage. You know, if if you give, and you can always find a place to give that is happy to receive love and affection that will absolutely, you'll light up somebody's day and it'll light you up right back. So, you know, if you're in a place where you can't go ahead and, and, and have a litter of puppies, and at 45 years old, I got my first litter of puppies. It's never happened to me before, and I was so excited that I was going to have an, the opportunity to do this in my life, and, and it has been just as amazing as I thought it would be. But, you know, if you're not in a position to do that, then go find a place that you can go ahead and give of yourself in a place that gives back to you, you know. And and really, Peter, that's what the Dash is about for you and I. It gives us just as much as we give to other people each and every time we come on the air. Right. Now, some people heard about the puppies, but they don't really know the real story about the puppies. So the puppy started by your daughter doing the wrong thing. <laughs> You gotta fill them in on the rest. You get like we talk about. Oh, life by design. Go find a puppy. You didn't find no puppies. Life by design. So share with them the puppy story. Like how did this whole thing happen? Well, I mean, wait a minute. I don't know which puppy story we're talking about. I mean, well, I your let, puppy I let started, out. Hold on, your puppy started with your daughter bringing home a dog that was she wasn't supposed to, right? That was another puppy. 
She brought home another puppy. That's Sasha. Oh. She brought home a puppy from the pet store. But that okay. puppy did not make my puppy pregnant. Oh, okay, okay. I got my puppy stories <clears throat> mixed. Okay, yeah, we it. have a lot of puppies around here. If you actually saw, we had like ten, wait a minute, six puppies, my three dogs, Jeff's Chihuahua, and Susie's puppy, who she got at the pet store. She got. She gave everybody the parasites. That's what you're thinking. Of. Oh, there we she go. didn't give us the litter of puppies. She gave okay. ev- the litter of puppies the parasites. But your little right. But your puppies weren't by design. Your puppies. No, were by a no, my act. puppies weren't by design. I went to the bathroom at two o'clock in the morning and I let my dogs out. And then the next thing you know, the next time they came back from the groomer, Chloe looked like a pregnant goat. That had nothing to do with life by design. It wasn't intentional. And I had been trying to have a litter of Lhasa Apso puppies for eight years. When I got Chelsea, I said, I want to have a litter of Lhasa Apso puppies because I love Lhasas. They're my favorite breed. And I know we're running short on time, but I'm going to finish. So I go ahead and we get Charlie. Alex and I, we got Charlie. I, I needed a baby at that time in my life. Alex and I were together. We didn't know we were going on a world tour, of course. And we get our puppy, our son, Charlie. So, And Alex is 20 years younger than me. And, you know, we have my three kids are well-grown. So our, we decided four-legged, cute, easy. They grow up quick and they're potty trained in no time. So <laughs> we went and had Charlie. Well, Charlie is a 32-pound Lhasa. And he's twice the size of any Lhasa Opso. And Chelsea can't bear his weight, so she could not have his puppies. So all this time, we wanted to have puppies. We couldn't have puppies. So we go get Chloe. Now, Chloe, we find her from a breeder, and she has a black and white female mom, just like Chelsea, and she has an ivory loss of father, just like Charlie. And we're like, it's just as good. It's like their love child, because I humanize everything. I couldn't even send Charlie out as a stud because I felt like he was cheating on Chelsea. This is how ridiculous I am. So we get Chloe. And Chloe is seven and a half months old, and I do not realize that she is in her first heat. And I let her out to go to the bathroom on my 40-some-odd, 50-some-odd acres of woodland surrounding us with nobody, right? There's nobody. And about five weeks later, when she came back and they shaved her at the groomer's, she looked like a pregnant goat and had six puppies and was just a couple weeks away from delivering. That is my story. <laughs> this is not the plan. Thing. Yeah, the greatest thing happened by accident. Yes, it certainly did. And all the greatest things do, including friendships and 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 you are one of those stories for me, Mr. Mr. Mingle. So, I'm really grateful every single day for the dash and for you. And um I think that's it. We have made it an hour and we are still talking like we always do. Past. We'll probably hang up and talk later. <laughs> we will. Some Thank you, you everybody for joining us. And make your dash count. Do something fabulous. Go kiss a puppy or something. We'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.